electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. The APEC Summit is coming to San Francisco. President Biden and President Xi are set to meet next week. Today, how Chinese companies continue to find ways to benefit from American technology and consumers. It's Friday, November 10th, and welcome to the Tech Check Podcast. I'm Deirdre Bosa. And I'm Mark Gilbert. A big meeting next week. We've been very focused on U.S.-China tensions. D will be interesting to see if we get any announcements or signals on technology sharing, tech export bans, anything that signals some cooperation. Right. And this is maybe an easier area for them to signal cooperation than on something bigger like geopoliticals, geopolitical status, military status, all those things. So this is an area of opportunity potentially. And we've talked about this before, Mark, but the Biden administration, especially over the last few years and the Trump administration before really have talked a big game on the Chinese crackdown. We've seen sort of this bifurcation of American and Chinese tech only increase over the last few years. But at the same time, when we go below the surface and below all the talk, Chinese companies, they continue to find ways to benefit from American technology and consumers. And there's two really critical areas where the country continues to make advancements and inroads here, and that's AI and e-commerce. Yeah, I think. And let's start with AI, as we as we often do. Some new comments from the founder of one of China's buzziest emerging AI startups, and that's zero one dot AI, right? Yeah, this is the company that, you know, more and more folks are talking about even here in Silicon Valley because it's seen as a real competitor. Let's go back, though. It's a company that was founded by Kaifu Li. He is one of the leading experts on AI in China. Um, who has also had stints leading Microsoft and Google in the country. So he's been a figure for many, many years. And in less than eight months, his startup has reached a valuation of a billion dollars. So that's unicorn status. That's very quick, even in today's day. Even by by AI standards. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And so he essentially created a product that performs better than American ones on certain metrics. And when I first read this, I said, well, how do you know? And so this is according to Hugging Face Rankings. And this is another buzzy AI startup that essentially compares different models and ranks them. Right. And and to get there, of course, um, what do you need to build a powerful generative AI model? You need powerful American-made chips. Uh, but there's been an export ban, right? But not really, right? There's been an export ban, yes, but there's been lots of loopholes. There's been lots of front running. And that is sort of the flaw here is that, you know, everyone, lawmakers are so eager to say that they're going to be tough on China that a lot of what they do is telegraphed. So in an interview yesterday, Kai-Fu Lee, uh, this is with Bloomberg, he essentially said that he went on a spending spree. And he bought a ton of NVIDIA GPUs earlier this year. In fact, he said that he bought enough of those chips to last for the next 18 months or so. So put another way, he did exactly what we mentioned. He front ran U.S. sanctions and he stockpiled enough American technology to build a very fierce Chinese competitor. And 
this is in such an important area. We talk about it day after day, generative AI. This is supposed to be the next sort of digital shift. And, you know, where this bifurcation, we, we don't know yet who's going to lead, America or China, but we know that this competition is fierce. And so it's not too far leap to suspect that if he's doing this, other Chinese companies may have done the same because there's been so much warning and so much talk about the export bans. Yeah, I think it's really time is going to tell how effective these export bans really are. Uh, I think also we're going to see how much will NVIDIA be impacted by this going forward, right? How much of the huge demand we've seen in the last two quarters has been Chinese companies hoarding CPUs before the ban actually takes place? I mean, for that matter, how many American companies are stockpiling resources as well? And we might see some fall off in demand or, you know, or this phenomenon is just beginning as sort of NVIDIA is trying to paint that picture. We should go back a minute because we talk about NVIDIA GPUs, H100s a lot, but maybe for some of the audience that's not familiar with those chips, essentially, they are the AI chip. There's competition emerging, but no one comes close to not just the hardware, but the ecosystem that NVIDIA has created to essentially just dominate this space. So, so much so that these GPUs, H100 chips that only NVIDIA makes is so competitive to get your hands on them, not just for the mega cap cloud companies, the hyperscalers, but even you'll see some VCs or investors say to AI startups, we're not going to give you cash. We're going to give you access to these chips because they're say, just so essential. They're almost their own currency now. These companies. Yes, that's a great way of putting it, their own currency. And that's why they're so important. And China has been on this long journey to create advanced chips so that they no longer need to rely on American companies, but they're still far from it. They're making sort of little advancements, but nothing comes close to what NVIDIA is able to produce. So that's why this is so important. That's why NVIDIA is so central. Yeah, it's interesting because- Let's get to the e-commerce. But the, the, the software, you know, you, we, we so often talk about the, the software piece of this, but that we're finally sort of having a, a hardware race where the, the actual like physical yeah. components are actually some of the most important pieces. Not that the software isn't, isn't also. Yeah, let's talk. So the other one we mentioned right at the top right was, uh, was e-commerce. Um, so AI and e-commerce. On the e-commerce front, and we've talked about this before on this podcast, two of the fastest growing e-commerce e-commerce platforms in the US are Chinese. They are indeed. And that is Timu and Shein. Timu has had the splashy Super Bowl ads. What is it? Shop, yeah, shop, shop like, like a, a billionaire. Shop like a billionaire. Yeah. <laughs> and the deep, deep discounts. We've talked about that. What is it? What do we want to call it? Wheel of Fortune, a literal wheel of fortune. When you visit the app or go on the website, you just spin for discounts and it's kind of endless. So by one estimate, Timu has more than 56 million monthly users in the United States. And it is, of course, owned by Chinese tech giant, Pinduoduo. It is a $150 billion market cap public company. Its ADRs are listed here in the United States and it's well capitalized as well, right? So it has the ability to do these deep discounts because this is a public company. It's actually one of the most, one of the leading e-commerce companies in China. When Alibaba ran into its troubles with the government and its market cap, you know, was just absolutely destroyed in public markets because of that crackdown, Pinduoduo was the main beneficiary. It was benefiting even before the crackdown, but that just gave it rain to go even further. And Mark, as we get into Singles Day tomorrow, remember that holiday, 11-11? Of course. Huge shopping holiday in China. Um, you hear more about Pinduoduo benefiting than you actually do Alibaba. Right. 
I mean, I think that then, and, and, and because, uh, you know, the Chinese government doesn't mind when American dollars are flowing to China, right? Um, you know, mm-hmm. it, cheap goods are coming this way and American dollars are flowing into the Chinese economy. The government, you know, has no interest in, uh, in, in shutting that down. The other one I always like to mention is TikTok commerce and how much that takes off. Obviously, TikTok owned by ByteDance, uh, massive private company in China, and we'll see, um, you know, how much traction that's able to get. I think the thing that the, the theme that unites all of this is, uh, you know, Xi'an, Timu, TikTok commerce, they're, 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 they're uh, different, you know, they're different apps, they're different properties. But the thing that unites all of them is cheap goods, right? Just incredibly, cheap goods. incredibly inexpensive and, and sort of on a scale that is hard to understand, you know, like sweatshirts for like $4. Yes. And I think there's a distinction here, though, is that you'll hear lawmakers talk about TikTok, not necessarily um, TikTok commerce, but it's all part of it, right? When they talk about banning the app here, it's banning all of TikTok. But nobody, at least as far as I've heard, is really talking about Timu. There's been some chatter about Xi'an and some of their practices in China, especially questions about production in the Xinjiang region, but Timu sort of just grows unfettered. I went to the website today, Gilbert, to see if they had any Singles Day promotions, and they don't even make mention of it. They actually mention Cyber Monday and Black Friday. So oh, really? it's a Chinese app ahead they know of their the audience. Chinese they holiday, know, but they're, yeah. They know their audience, right? It's American, and, use the American terminology of Black Friday and Cyber Monday. Yeah, totally. Meanwhile, um, going the other way, Right. And we always like to look at this. It's an uneven playing field. American companies in China, they continue to take hits there. We noticed today Unity, that's a video game engine software company. Um, it missed revenue expectations in its most recent quarter thanks to new Chinese government restrictions on gaming. And this has been going on for at least a year, if not more. Um, and that that's hurt a number of American companies um, that derive revenue there and have customers and users in China. There's also been iPhone restrictions too, and increasing scrutiny at Apple's largest Chinese supplier, Foxconn. All of that to say is that, you know, China's looking at limiting American companies. I I, I, I sort of can't believe that they're still limiting how much you can play video games in China. Sometimes these headlines kind of come and go and you just sort of, you forget about them a little bit or they feel like temporary, but, but no, you know, in 2023, the Chinese government is still limiting your screen time. Um, you know, and another so sort of speaking of gaming, um, another company, Meta, 14 years after getting shut out of the country, this was another headline today, is getting back into the Chinese market uh, by partnering with Tencent. So Tencent, which is a uh, large, is ten, wait, is Tencent Chinese? Tencent is definitely yes, Chinese. Yes, Tencent is Chinese. Um, mega, mega tech giant over there. Yeah. It was for a long time, it was, it was bats. That was their fang. Baidu, Alibaba, Tencent, right, Tencina, right, 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 right. And so Tencent is going to sell through its um, through its e-commerce platform. Is going to sell Meta VR headsets. They're not going to be exactly the same is, as the ones that are sold in the U.S., but but they're going to you know get sold to the Chinese market. So 14 years ago, when Facebook was trying to capture the Chinese market unsuccessfully. This was the era of social media when social media was growing. They've kind of given up on that and they have, you know, billions of users worldwide. But VR headsets, right? That is their new area of growth. It ties in with AI and the metaverse. And so once again, 
even though the last experience was so tough on Mark Zuckerberg. Remember, he went jogging across Tiananmen Square. He learned Chinese just to get shut out by the Chinese government. He still hasn't stopped thinking about China. That's what this tells me, because the opportunity there is so great. Their middle class is you know, as big as the American population. So when you are trying to get a new revenue stream off the ground, a new product off the ground, and you have the opportunity to partner with a Tencent that has such a foothold, right? It also, remember, runs the super app WeChat that is so prevalent in China. Um, Facebook is going gonna, is gonna to go for it. You know, this has nothing to do with China, but I'm just going to mention that because it's speaking of wearable VR headsets, uh, I've seen a lot of positive reviews and a lot of positive commentary around the Meta Ray-Bans partnership. And that people really like the wearable, uh, I don't know what to call it. It's not a wearable computer. It's a wearable device uh, that has audio and you can take uh, and you can take photos and you can listen to music through uh, these special pair of Ray-Bans that, um, that you partner with, uh, with Meta on. Right. I, I, wonder, I wonder how Ray-Bans does in China, right? Because there's certain American brands like Nike and Starbucks and Apple that just get a huge Chinese fan base. I wonder if Ray-Bans has had its moment in China. Something we'll look into. Yeah. Um, last, lastly, Mark, we, we started by talking about APEC, right? And that's a look ahead for next week. Here in San Francisco, ter- traffic is going to be terrible. I don't even know how I'm going to get into the bureau. Um, but the last time we should mention President Biden and President Xi met was a year ago during the Group of 20 summit in Bali. Since then, tensions have only risen. So it will be interesting to see what happens if there's a different tone next week, given these mixed signals about the two countries' tech integration. And I think just how much tech even comes up, right? I mean, it's, it's, it is interesting mm. that the meeting is in San Francisco. Uh, you uh, posted earlier uh, a photo from how long ago was that? President Xi in front of the Golden Gate Bridge. Uh, on a previous visit. It was 1985. 1985. And that was during his two-week tour where he, it was a brief visit to California, but a much longer visit, longer, it was two weeks total, to Iowa. And that's why Xi Jinping, the president of China, has always had these sort of ties to America and Iowa in particular. Yeah. So I think it'll be interesting to see how much tech uh, is even sort of at the forefront of these conversations. There's so many things on the agenda, including, you know, human rights stuff, uh, climate stuff, and obviously the the geopolitical stuff. But we'll be all over that next week. And you're going to be on the ground in uh, San Francisco. It'll be really fascinating to watch. Have a good weekend, everyone. See you back here on Monday. You haven't heard about number crispy yet. Well, then you probably haven't heard the sweet silence after the first crispy bite either. Go try it for yourself to hear the best not sound you've ever heard.